relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. It gets better every week. I'll be honest. I was like, "Oh, what if it? What if it gets old?" But it doesn't. It gets better. It's like, it's just good. It's just, it's like something that's real good. You know what I mean, Mike? Absolutely. I mean, you know it's good. You're like, it's getting better. Ron Funches, Slee. Mm, sorry, I'm I, excited. I'm very excited about. It. Like, I kind of just put it in my headphones and walk around town with it now. And just kind of like bod, like it's my theme song almost. Is that weird? Is that narcissistic? I it's weird for sure, but I don't know if it's narcissistic. I'm okay with like, weird. It sounds good. If it was just like your name over and over again, that would be <laughs> that would be narcissistic. That'd be but insane. like the, it's just like yeah. No, I see why you do that. That makes sense. What are you doing this week? What are you growing besides walking around Eugene? So many things. Well, right now, everybody in Eugene is basically dying of insane pollen counts. This is now when the trees just dump on us. The trees and the flowers. Um, uh, Eugene was called by the Native Americans who used to live here the Valley of Sickness and Death. That's just, it's got a ring to it. You know what I mean? Sounds good. You know what you're getting out of it. So, I mean, that makes sense. But, yeah, everybody's just walking around rubbing their eyes, and they're all bloodshot, not from weed, but just because trees are just, like, spewing in our eyeballs all day long. But, um, no, uh, at King's, we just harvested our uh, the sour garlic cookies we've talked about, the NPP, uh-huh. um, the strawberry short cookies. We just harvest that. So, I mean, that's all hanging up in getting the love of the dehumidifying the cool see that's an it's an you're you're just saying it's an important process it is it's the most important process okay there we go and you didn't and you'll hear in this interview that you didn't okay so one of my first times i grew i had a good harvest uh i called mike and i was like i was fucking pumped it was like two years ago (laughs) And I was like, dude, we got so much. And he was like, cool, man. You're like halfway done. And like he just said it in passing. And I was like, I don't know what that means. But no, we're like, we harvested. And then we fucked a lot of it up in the curing and harvesting. We didn't know that there's like, I think looking back on it, like we fucked it up like every way possible. Every time we harvested a new plant, we fucked it up in a new way. Well, and that's the whole thing is like people really do get to the end and they're like, oh, sweet. Okay, now I'm just done and I get to have it. And like there's so many farming, you know, sayings and different things like that that never truly made sense to me until I started doing this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, don't count your chickens until they hatch type of thing. So, I mean, like when when it comes to curing, it's so hard not to, though. When you get when you say it, do you know what I mean? When you say it, yeah, you know exactly what I mean. It, but you're, but I'm just saying for people out there, and then some people do know what I'm talking about. Like when it's ready to harvest, you're just like, this is the best thing I've, I've ever seen. I just want to put it inside me right now. And you're like, yeah, well, you got like, it's, you're not even close to done. And you're like, but look at it. Yeah, like, that's what you're gonna do. That's what you're gonna have to do is look at it. You just got to look at for the next 14 days, if at all possible. Um, I mean, so as far as curing goes, I'm all about the slow cure, taking your time with it. Um, back in the black market days, you could always, uh, if you were selling weed, you could always smell a pound of weed and be like, oh, this is last year's outdoor. Like, you can smell it and tell that, you know, it's been not cured properly and it has a very distinct smell to it once it gets that old. Mm. But I do have some heady hippie friends who will have a huge fucking mason jar of weed 
That is from their outdoor from the year before, and the way that they slowly cure it, they slowly burp it, let it do its natural things, different smells come on with it, and it's like, as if you're curing it correctly, you can make this shit last forever, and it'll just get better and better. How, how do I, uh, how do I cure it correctly? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna learn. I know it's all patience and stuff, but I just got excited again about it, like, that's how I know, like, I re it's not like, oh, you just like being stoned, you're like, it's, that's not it, that's not it, I like this whole plant, and there's the whole process to it, and it's, and the more I learn, the more I know I don't know anything, it's fantastic. <laughs> that's the fun of most things in life, but yeah, if you're doing the curing process right, you'll get whole different types of taste out of the bud. Um, most people, the biggest mistake... If you do it wrong, you'll get all kinds of taste out of it, too. Yeah, nice hay taste also. That's always a good Yeah, one. I smoked a lot of hay a couple <laughs> years ago. It got me high, though, but it didn't taste good at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the guy that we're interviewing uh, this week is my buddy Pedro. Uh, you know, he works at King's Cannabis with me. He's been there since the, you know, beginning of it. I mean, we started off as a small medical farm. We had two flowering rooms, 24 lights each room. And we were ramping up to get into the recreational market. And, you know, when we did that, we had to hire on a bunch of new help to come in and work for us. You know, now that was legal and out there, we were like, okay, well... Open hiring. Whoever's down for this, come along with it. Because if I'm going to be... How do you mean open hiring? Like, when you say that, we're just like... Did you just put a sign out in front and it's like, now hiring? Or did you just... It's like, how do you, how do you g get people in the legal cannabis business? Well, for, for us, especially at the beginning, it was a lot of friends of friends of people who had never done this before, but were interested and excited... Because, I mean, yeah. one one of the bigger stories of the cannabis market is just how plump and fat all of us had gotten on the cannabis market back in the black market days. We thought that, you know, it was okay to be making $500 an hour. It was okay for trimmers to be making, you know, $400 a day trimming weed and stuff like that. And honestly... And it is okay. It That's is okay. okay if you can do it. But in the recreational market, you couldn't do it. So... When we went wreck, we lost a lot of workers who were like, I can't make anything less than 30 bucks an hour. So we got on a whole bunch of new trimmers and a bunch of new people. Um, when Pedro started, he was part of the first wave of people coming to work. Uh, he was making a you know, minimum wage to start out because he had never trimmed before. And then with just how hardworking of a dude he was, we are like, oh shit, this dude's got to be in charge of some shit. Yeah, he's sharp too, though. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, like that, I think that like he's he's someone you're like, I'll put you... Like immediately. Like 15 minutes into talking to him, I was like, I'll hire you. You need a job? <laughs> no, motherfucker. You can't steal him from us. We need him. Yeah, he. Well, I need a tour manager. <laughs> Pedro's my guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... He'd be like, I don't know what that is, but I'll learn. I was like, exactly, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He'll learn quicker than anybody else and work harder than anybody else doing it, so... But it's just so clear talking to Pedro. Like, this one, like, give it some time and listen to it. It's not as... It's not as sexy as some of the other ones. It's just... Pedro, I love him. After talking to him for... You know, five minutes, we talked to him for like a, about 45 minutes. And by the end, you're just like, he He also reminds me of people I grew up with. Or like my older family members. The way that they had to work and go about work. So there was just something I like immediately related to him about. And then his story is like, if it doesn't inspire you, you're, you're an asshole. <laughs> I mean that. If you listen to this and then you were like, ah, fuck that guy. You'd be like, I'll fight you in the face. I will fight you most of your face. Because it's just, it's literally the American dream is what it is. And I don't want to be cliche about it, but that is, he's done it. He quit a fucking corporate job because he found something that he loved to do. 
Yeah. He already thought he was living this fucking dream, and then he was like, oh, this is even better. And it's all because he works hard and is looking out for everything. It's just like, I think his heart is always in the right place, too, which I think is important in this whole fucking whatever we're trying to do together. You I know mean, what I mean? I mean, like, I'm first generation in this country. You know, my mom came over from Ireland illegally back when she was 19 and everything. And she went after the American dream. But I kind of feel like Pedro figured out the American dream quicker than she did. Because he was yeah. like, oh, corporate job, I'm making money. And then he was like, nah, fuck that. I want to do something I love. I want to work with people that I enjoy and shit like that. You know, my mom... Just did corporate her entire life. And then after she retired, she was like, oh, I kind of wish I had gone done something I like. Like, that's why I love Pedro is like, you know, he has that, you know, immigrant work ethic. But then he also believes in living life and enjoying himself and, you know, being happy. And I mean, honestly, that's all we yeah. fucking have nowadays anyway. Yeah. No, he's like, he's someone you're like, man, I, I hope. Like, when you get a job, you're like, I hope I work with somebody like Pedro. I hope somebody like Pedro's here just because you're like, A, he's going to have fun every day. And B, I can trust him if I fuck up or if he fuck. You know what I mean? And it's dude, just like one of those one it, of those people. He makes the most killer edibles. His edibles will fuck you up. It's that heart. It's it puts they, that heart in it. It's that, and they fuck you up, and he'll still work circles around you while the both of you are fucked up on his cookies. Like, it's insane. No, that's, that's his hustle. That's his smart, that's his old <laughs> hustle right there. You gotta get somebody fucked up, and then you just dominate that shit. That's what Utah tried to do to Michael Jordan, and he was like, oh, that's all I needed. And he, he's, so. But enjoy this, just, also, before we get started on to the Pedro, I just want to say thank you guys for shouting out uh, to all of us and asking questions. This is amazing. Uh, we're going to set up uh, our social and our website and our email a lot better. Uh, the response has been a little more than we anticipated this quick. So we want to thank you guys and keep asking us questions. And I'll keep pointing you to Mike so you get an actual answer. Uh, but if you're also... Real quick, if you're in Oregon, look up King's Cannabis. That's Mike's. Because some people were asking me, hey, where can I get Mike's stuff? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I get it from Mike. So You legally sorry. get it from me only within I, that's the what borders I'm, of yes, Oregon. No, and it never yes, goes cross I, imaginary lines. I don't have any right now. I'm no. in California. And I'm that's why my throat hurts a little bit. Because it's harsh. And you spoiled me. But, yeah, keep asking us questions we love answering, and, yeah, we're, we're having fun with it. Uh, enjoy this one. Pedro's, it's just a good listen. It's a great, his story's awesome. There's sad parts in it, and then there's, like, it's just beautiful. Pedro's the man. Everybody give it up for Pedro Gonzalez. So you grew up in Oaxaca? I did. I grew up in a really small town in Oaxaca. Um, it's like not really known <laughs> anywhere in, 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 in the country or like in Mexico itself. In Mexico, just, they don't even know yeah, about the yeah. town you grew up it's in? It's just like here, you know, when, when you hear Oregon uh, and the rest of the country, you know, like, where's Oregon? It's like in the corner of the country and stuff, you know. It's the same with Oaxaca. Oaxaca is like, it's nothing like big industries or, you know, big companies to know in this state, you know. It's just really poor country, poor um, city or state, I would say. No. So um, that's the main reason we travel. We get out of town and we had to find better life, you know. Sure. And we migrate and <laughs> and we follow the work, you know, whatever is work. Whether 
trust me, if if there was work in South America, I would travel that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was it is no need to come this way. But uh, just because we're looking for work. What, um what was the work like down there that you did have? Well my my dad has a little uh, you know, small piece of land where we just grow our produce and sell it, you know, we sell flowers or um like seasoning produce, you know, mm. either corn or anything, vegetables, um, yeah, from tomatoes. Yeah, agriculture. Just anything so, you could grow. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we, my dad actually is really good on growing spices like thyme, oregano, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we uh, dehydrated and, you know, it's... it's it sent to big industries where they pack it and send it everywhere. So it's really good. Was it organic farming down there? <laughs> <laughs> well, in some point it was, but it eventually, you know, we deal with a lot of pesticides and all the stuff that we had to bring chemicals and stuff to to it, you know. Not as big as here, you know, big companies here, but uh, it's, it's getting there, huh. you know, yeah. All this company. It's funny because the last time I was there, my da- my brother was planting some uh, radish, and he sent he showed me a package that um, he bought from somebody that came from here, but um, he couldn't read it because it was in English. And he's like, "Hey, will you translate this for me?" And it's funny because I was reading the label and everything on on the, on the radish package, and it says not to sell in the U.S. <laughs> so it was not allowed to sell in the US but they send it to Mexico and they produce it there why who knows yeah interesting that is interesting yeah because it's creating oh I mean it's, it's growing in California and it even says where where what farm or whatever or actually no not farm but uh, the place where it's, it's, it was produced the seeds but in the and the bottom says with big label, like not to, not to use in the U.S. Okay, I get that because with weed farmers too, they'll give out seeds and different things, but they're like, don't give it to this guy. Don't, you know, hand this out. You know, it's trying to protect different markets. So I'm sure maybe they have like a corporate contract with certain farms in America where they're like, we'll let you grow that, but nobody else can grow this in America. I don't know, but um, um, the quality was there. You mm. know, uh, my brother liked the quality of the produce, and he wants to get more or something, but there was no way to <laughs> to get it, or he couldn't even read the label. So that's yeah. that much can tell you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So then, how did you end up here in America? So I graduated from high school, and um, um, I was looking to attend college and uh, at the same year my dad has a really bad uh, car accident so I end up now assisting college a year and um, helping my family you know I have a, my mom my sister and every, you know they need the help without my my dad what is going to be difficult so I stick around for a couple of years and um, in that year my oh all my friends moved here, you know, because nobody could find a job. There was no way to um, settle and build a family out there, you know. So everybody had to migrate somewhere to find, looking for a job. Some, some look, some moved here. Some moved to like Mexico City or big cities to just find a better life. And um, my cousin was living here, and oh, she still living in Salem. Um, and, um, you know, I talked to her one night and she's, and I was asking her, you know, how life is here. And she's like, it's, it's hard life, but we have work, <laughs> we <laughs> had jobs. And I says, that's all I need right now. I just need a job. And she's like, well, here you can have two, three jobs. <laughs> you can work as much you want. And I was like, that's all I need. And, and I said, you know, would you hook me up? And she's like, yeah. I'll, I'll help you. So she helped me out. <laughs> we moved here. Um, week and a half after I, I arrived here, I, I got a job. <laughs> you know, I was working in the fields. It was cold. It was, you know, 
not the pleasing weather, (laughs) but it was work. I was so happy, got my first paycheck and I was like the happiest man ever. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it was amazing feeling to actually get paid for what you do, you know? And um, so my, my, my dad, you know, he raised five kids. He was a um, really hard worker person. You know, he worked his ass all the time. So I, we learned as a, as a kid, you know, we learned really young how to take care of ourselves, how to provide for ourselves and everything. So when I got here, it was no, no issue, you know, finding a job or something that you can, you know, figure out what to do, <laughs> you know, because we sat our mind as as a kid, you know, you had to hustle to get what you want. So in that, in that way, you know, I, I was fine, but uh, it was really difficult because you had to learn the language. You had, basically While you had to, <laughs> <laughs> you have to change um, a lot of things in your life that you weren't expecting. Nobody tells you before, you know, the, when you move to different country, you got to um, kind of fit in to to succeed. Basically, you know, there is th- things that you have to give up. Like for me, was um, you know, stay away from my family. That was that was the hardest part because you know once. Um, you know, you 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 really attached to your family. We work really uh, well together as a family. We live in the same house for you know our old childhood, and for, to be part to be away from that family, it was really tough. You know, there was years where I um, regret moving here. You know, I, I was really devastated, and I needed to see my my family. I I didn't see my brother pass away. You know, the stuff like that. It was really tough. But um, at the same time, you know, now I see everything. It was worth it. <laughs> you know, because now I have three beautiful kids. You know, and I can provide for my family. You know, and. Things got better, but <laughs> there was one point in life that was really bumpy, really difficult. Well, so, so there's like that journey of like these physical, tangible obstacles you're aware of. And then when you get here, like there's these sacrifices that you don't even, you can't be aware of. Yeah, there is a lot of sacrifices that you, yeah, you, you don't expect it, you know. Um, but at the same time, like I say, there's, I learned a lot of things that uh, I wouldn't learn staying at home you know what i mean like in mexico uh religion is really a strong uh thing they you know 90 percent of or our mexican are catholics yeah and catholic church is really uncontrollable everything it's embedded in the culture. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. It is the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's crazy how they manipulate everything mm-hmm. and control your mind and control a whole nation. It's like with these traditions and Guilt. all this. Yeah. Yeah. So to get out of that is really difficult. You know, you need to open up your mind and learn new things. Um to get out of that, those roots. But, um, and I'm glad I, you know, I opened my mind and I learned a lot of other things, you know, that is, I'm not, you know, in, in that enclosement yeah. anymore. You know, I'm kind of open-minded now and I'm ready to learn more things, yeah. you know, explore, learn what else is out there, you know. And that's one thing that I, um, I don't regret. And you can <laughs> give your kids that, Exactly. So, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's the same way I talk to my kids nowadays, you know, they, we shouldn't co- let these um, things control us like religion, mm-hmm. political stuff and everything is, it's, it's a lot of control over us, you know, or like, oh, you can't do this because I say so like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. you have to be able to open mind and explore and do and learn things they yeah, never it's okay about that it. these people do this <laughs> and you don't that's okay <laughs> they don't have to stop doing that because right. you yeah i 
It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. But um, you know, I'm I'm glad that I went through these you know sacrifices about you know leaving my family and stuff. Because mm. right now I I living a life where I'm really happy. You know, I'm happy. Even not long ago, I went through divorce and all this stuff. Well, that's why you're happy. <laughs> not exactly. I had one of those. I was like, yeah. But at the same time, yes, I am happy for that. Just because, um, you know, freedom. With <laughs> with my ex, we are like really similar person. Uh-huh. We are. We were born on the same month, almost the same. Well, the same year, same month, almost the same week. Yeah. You know, we just week apart. So our mentality is pretty much the same, but that's the issue. Yes. You know, because um, it's like marrying your best friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you think it's love, but it's actually not love. It's just more like we like each other. It's and we we love to hang out with each other. Yeah. And I love to be with you and I love to fuck with you. But that's it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's no love. When it's love, you're willing to put your life for somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't there for us. Mm-hmm. You know. It could be. If we could made it there, but it needs to be like both of us putting the same effort, the same work on the marriage and make the work. And it was something missing, you know, since the beginning I felt that it it was something missing and I tried really hard to work that out, you know, but at at the end, I just got to let it go. You know, it was not healthy. Oh yeah, I've been there. (laughs) Just, Just to go back real quick, one of the things I'm a little interested about, you know, you have a family farm down in Oaxaca and then you come up here and you're working in big agriculture here as the way American does it or as America does it. What is the difference? What was the difference between it, you know, poor family farm and then coming up here and working in the agricultural industry? Well, one thing is different is like um, in Mexico, it's longer that you have a land, um, there is not a lot of regulations. You know, here when you try to make a farm or when you, you know, try to have a farm to grow up your vegetables or whatever, there's a lot of regulations. There's a lot of tax paying. There's a lot of rules, you know, and all these. The it's hard for somebody to, you know, you have to have a lot of money as a backup to just start something, you know, as simple as a agriculture. Well, I wouldn't say as a simple, but... Um, no, but, you it, know, but conceptually, that is silly that you have to have a bunch of money to start growing exactly. something out of the ground. You own, you own, you own meal, you yeah. know. It, you, basically, you, if you want to grow your own meal, you have to get a lot of regulations yeah. and, you know, control pesticides and this and that. In Mexico, it's not like that because um, I would say there's more freedom to start something like if if you if you want to grow your own vegetables you know nobody will tell you oh you have to pay these or whatever no you just find a land um find somebody to provide the water and electricity and boom you grow your own vegetable Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's only a certain level that you can take that to as opposed to america or well the thing is because Everybody does the same thing. It's hard to sell your produce because everybody grows their own produce. Yeah, you know, and it's hard to sell your produce and and this and and then when you had to transport it to different places, then you had to have like permission and all this stuff, which makes it really difficult. Um, but yeah, the agriculture is like um, basically. That's how um, most small towns in Mexico um, survives, you know, just live off of um, whatever they sell or, you know, whatever they produce, they sell to their own community and everything. Because there is not like regulation. It's not, they, we don't have regulation like here when you have to, when you harvest something, you have to, you know, 
um, they can check and make sure that it is edible or, or stuff like that. And there you just cut your produce, wash it off and send it to the market. Yeah. And, you know, but at the same time is we need some regulation because in case somebody, you know, put pesticide on the mm-hmm. produce and goes to the market, you know, there is no way to track it who... Oh, yeah, there's like some, there's somewhere in between over-regulation and yes, no regulation. Yes. Yeah, and we yes. have to find that balance. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, it's, you know, that's the, that's the cool thing about living in here, you know, because we have pretty much everything. But at the same time, we don't have this freedom of go to the market and, you know, purchase... Um, produce from you from your neighbor mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh is we don't have much of that you know you had to go to the store winko alverson or whatever to get your produce and we don't know who grow that produce yeah but when in mexico is you know that you helping your neighbor when you when you go and buy your produce you yeah. know what i mean so, i mean there's like little farmers markets in every city now that's that's a good trend that's starting but i don't think people understand no, and then it's way more expensive than going to Winco to yeah. buy your own stuff. Yeah, but it's better. Um, yeah, so what was kind of like your work experience in this country until you got to the cannabis industry? Well, you know, like I said before, I was, um, I worked for a little bit in um, the first couple of years. Um, just like in the farms, picking berries, blueberries, strawberries, and everything. And um, you in Central California? No, it was here in uh, Gresham, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, and then my friends uh, they were living here in Eugene, and in the winter we stopped the the work uh, in the farm. So I moved to Eugene. I started working um, washing dishes in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been there. I've and <laughs> that was. That was, um, you know, different. Yeah. Because <laughs> at this point, I have to learn the language. At this point, I have to, you know, talk to people. Because in the farm, you know, you you don't need to speak English. You just go and do farm work. Yeah. But uh, when I started working at a restaurant, then I had to talk to people. I got to ask for my paycheck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to ask for meal and stuff like that. So... I kind of forced myself to take uh, English classes. And um, it's funny because in high school in Mexico, I took English classes. Yeah. And when I got here, uh, you know, the first words that I learned, and I I thought I knew it already yeah. <laughs> because I learned it in high school, and it was totally different. <laughs> it was like, that's the same way with me. I learned Spanish in uh, high school and it is not sticking with me or does not come out correctly. Yeah, no, I learned it the hard way when I moved to my neighborhood in Los Angeles <laughs> and everything's in Spanish. I love it. But I was like, I don't know. Un poquito. <laughs> Un poquito. <laughs> but so you were working in restaurants as a dishwasher. How did that end up? Where did that take you? Well, I I was enjoying it and um, I only washed dishes for like three to four months and I was working um, uh, graveyard shifts and one of the guys uh, ended up being a really good friend of mine. His name is Douglas and um, he he was telling me that if, if, if I help him to do his work, Actually, you know, I would learn a lot from what he does. He was the cook. I was at this watch. I was like, hmm, interesting. And um, he's like, yeah, I train you to do this. So he trained me to do all his, uh, the main thing that he taught me is that to do his uh, prep list. Mm-hmm. So I took care of it. And um, like two weeks after we were working together, I was doing his work. <laughs> he goes <laughs> and take a nap for a couple hours <laughs> and then and then when you know when he wakes up i finish his work and you know i start cleaning the kitchen i did my dishes and everything it was like and uh, all the other guys they were like why will you do that 
why would you work for this guy? Like, why would he, you do his job? Basically, I was like, I I should I should pay him because I'm I, I'm learning. I'm you know yeah. he's teaching me how to do his job, and eventually a few months later I took over his job. Yeah, you did. You know, <laughs> and um, but a lot of people don't see it like that. You know, a lot of people are like you make him lazy. I'm like, no, not really. You know, he, I'm learning, you know, when I first moved out here, I went and worked for my cousin's friend for six months for free, where he showed me how to grow weed, how he grew weed at least. And that six months, I was also digging up bamboo and shit like that around his farm and just learned that for the six months while at the same time working at a grow shop and having my own little grow going on. So yeah, when you work hard, you get to learn from people and that helps you out way more. Yeah. And, um, restaurant business can be really stressful. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, it's really good, good environment. You know, you, you work, you know, side by side with a lot of people and you make a lot of friends. You know, that's how I met my ex-wife, um, working together. And, um, and I make a lot, I made a lot of friends in the past, you know, just working in the, um, like I say, side by side, but then I got introduced to the cannabis, <laughs> uh, business, oh. which, so. <laughs> now, hey, when had you smoked weed before? I, I never smoked weed in Mexico. Really? No. I used to buy it from there all the time. <laughs> well, uh, later on, I, I did, but not, yeah. you know, not before I moved here. Yeah. And uh, the weed is, is really controlling Oaxaca. Like right now, it's, it's more open up a little bit. But in the past, like I say, because um, Mexico is controlled by this religion. Uh-huh. And the religion tells you the weed is evil mm-hmm. you know you you smoke weed and you talk to the devil and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that and as a kid they get that in you in your head in your mind and you you believe it and you're scared you know mm-hmm. you grow up scared and and when you actually do it you actually believe that you are talking to the devil because that's what your parents put yeah. in your head you know what i mean so um growing up i didn't want to be that kid i didn't yeah. want to be that person uh, who talked to the devil yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? no, me either, yeah so i didn't smoke weed until i got here in the country and um then you're like this is great <laughs> it is great <laughs> 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 you know one one time um there was one one night um i went out with a bunch of servers uh, from sherry's and uh you know, they were doing a bunch of drugs, cocaine and whatever. And, you know, uh, they're me in the corner scared to smoke weed. But finally, I did it, you know, smoke weed and it's feel great. <laughs> I love it since yes, the first too, time, yes. you know. It's the first time I loved it. And um, since then, you know, I don't, I didn't really smoke weed a lot um, when I was married. Just because I had young kids, you know, and these and that, my my ex was really religion, and so you know, there was a lot of um, excuses for me not to smoke a lot of weed. But later on, um, you know, I started smoking more, yeah. and now they, you know, now they, I try to slow down a little bit just because I used to be really active, like I used to go get up in the morning, six in the morning and go for a mile run, 10 mile run, mm-hmm. you know, and after that I go to work. Yeah. So, um, I want to get to that, you back did, to that one again. If you smoke a little weed right before you run, I found that that's great. Is it? Yeah. Because that first mile that sucks, you just feel high. Okay. And then you get that going after that and you don't feel high anymore. You got your runner's high and then you just feel great. Oh. I might go do it this afternoon. <laughs> Interesting. I never tried that, but, but um, yeah, I want to get back to and and I notice it that you know when when I slow down, like if I smoke weed one or two days a week, 
is my body is okay, still handle it. Yeah. But if I smoke every day, and I try to run in the weekend, it's it's, it's terrible. I feel you. It's okay. terrible. <laughs> so I I try to you know slow down and. I'm over 40. <laughs> so there is one in one point that my body is not going to have the same energy anymore. You know, yeah. it's not going, I'm not going to have the uh, ability to work back, <laughs> work nine hours, um, take care of my kids and still go to drive for another hour or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, this is going to be one point that my body was going to be, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, but, so how did you go from the kitchen to the cannabis market? So my, uh, it's funny how uh, we met with Fred because uh, I had my kids on dance classes uh, in the past and um and so was Fred's wife Cindy. She she had her kids in the dance same studio. So, you know, just waiting in the studio uh, waiting room, um they met with my ex wife and girls make friends really quick. <laughs> they became friends really fast. And, you know, next thing we know, we invited to their house to have dinner and stuff like that. And Cindy and uh, Michelle, they were, you know, they were connected. And she's like, oh, I made this great family. They invite us for dinner and stuff. I was like, cool, you know, that's great. So we go there and I met Fred. And I was like, so what's up with you? And he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he, you know, he never tried um, weed before, you know, and it was really awkward to hang out with this guy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and, and my ex-wife's just like, oh, we're going to invite them over. And I was like, all right, it's fine. But I tried to, you know, have a conversation with this guy. Because yeah. we had nothing in common, like nothing. And, but the only thing that, um, that I made, you know, conversation with him is because he likes football. He likes college football. And I was watching college football at the time. It was like, so that's the one thing that we, 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 you know, we had in common and that's it. And we just talked football for like hours when he came over, you know, but I Notice that he's a really cool guy, you know. He even even he um, we didn't have much to talk, or I was like run out of stories or ideas of him because you know he's different. Yeah, we still make made it up. You yeah, know? and one time he was like he he saw me how you know that I willing to work in anything basically. You know, I, I would I would do whatever, you know, if I don't know it, I'll learn it. And um, he's like, hey, you want to trim weed sometime? I was like, yeah, I would like to learn how to trim weed. He was like, okay. Did that feel like a trap because he doesn't drink or smoke weed or do anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at the same time, the um, he just want me to, you know, to get some connection with me or like, you know, be better friends because the girls, they were like, Unseparable, you know, they were hanging out yeah. together, they would go to the gym or whatever. Um, but he wanted me, he felt the same way like we have to do something to hang out, or you know. So the weed was one, one of the things like, hey, at least we can talk about work or whatever. Yeah. So he invited me. And uh, I came in, I didn't even know what to do. I just saw a bunch of people trimming weed out there. And um, I just sat down and I didn't even have my scissors or anything to trim weed. And one of the guys, you know, showed me how to do it. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm sitting there like eight hours trimming a pound of weed. Yeah. And, you know, it was cool. And I started doing more after. By then, they were paying us by the pound, and which was like a hundred dollars a pound. And I could, you know, I I was getting better day after day. And it's like, okay, I like this. Yeah. You know. And there was one point where um, the owners they were like, 
a we can't pay. Well, he went through the recreational, mm-hmm. and they couldn't pay us um, by the pound anymore. So it was going to be hourly. I was making nineteen seventy five at Wally Garden, yeah. and they were willing to pay me twelve dollars to trim way. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll take it." Yeah, I'll take it. So I left my job at Wally Garden. My my ex wife, she was in. She didn't believe it that I did it, you know. But I was like, I want to, I want to be happy where I'm at. Yeah, you know, I want to be happy on what I'm doing. And they yeah. say they're family at Olive Garden, but they're not. <laughs> no, 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 they're not family. Well, I mean, the, the big corporate, the big corporation, the you know, the old family, they they all hanging on yeah. big cruises and shit like that, you know, private jet and stuff, but. The workers are not. No, no, not you're fine. paying for their private. Yes, 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 yes. So you know, they're a big corporation. They fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the then I started working, you know, with Kings, and I love just being around the produce, you know, being around the plants and the environment, and everything is great. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just focus on just be better on my work and, you know, be more, um, helpful, you know, like I, I, I wanted to help. I wanted to, to be part of the, 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 the you know, the growing facility. So um, I focus on that and here we are, you know, three year and a half, three years and a half Yeah. later, we're still kicking it. <laughs> so you started as a trimmer. Where are you at now in the company? Well, now with the new owners, you know, um, Jesse really put a lot of trust on me just because um, when he came in, you know, we, 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 we he, he, he come in the office, talked to me and says, you know, what, what do you see doing later on life? And I was like, you know, life is really tricky. I... I don't ever think about what I'm doing 10 years from now. Yeah. I'm thinking about what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's my mentality. And I say, right now, I just want to work. I just want to work and I just want to, you know, better this place. Yeah. You know, I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody that I know. I want everybody around me to succeed. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the mentality that I want to set for myself. And I don't want to think about, you know, what you're going to do in 10 years or like, fuck it. You probably won't make it 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't think that far ahead. So um, I say for now, I just want to fucking work. Yeah. You know, just put me to work. And he's like, so at the time we were having, you know, more work. And he's like, well, I need you more hours. I was like. Awesome. You can have it. Yeah. You can have it. I can be here earlier. I can leave later. I can come weekends or whatever. So, you know, we, we negotiate. And, um, but at the same time, I told him, you know, I need to provide for my family. I need to, this is the much money that I need to come home with. Yeah. So, so you know, so I can survive. And he's like, all right, we made a deal. And, um, he put me in in charge of the trimming room. Like I'm responsible for curing the products. And since the harvest, you know, Mike as a grower, he takes care of the plants from babies, you know, mm-hmm. from either seed or cloning all the way to um, to the harvest uh, process. And from there, I, t- I take over. I, you know, with, with the help of, you know, other guy or two, we harvest, we dry it, we, you know, and always consulting with Mike, with the owner and everybody. And, um, can I just say as someone who has grown their own weed, that is a very, very important process they have put you in charge of because it can fuck the whole thing up (laughs) if you're not aware of that important step. And I was not, (laughs) But so, like, you just saying that, like, being like, I'm in charge of this step, like, to me, I'm already like, that is, that's huge to be only there for, like, a couple of years and then be like, let's put him in charge. Like, it's just very impressive. I think that's what I'm just saying. And I'm just trying to put the people that are listening that don't understand that process 
of getting your weed. It's so important. Like Mike said it in code to me. I called him and I was like, hey, man, we got this great harvest. He's like, you're halfway there. He said it in passing. And then when we (laughs) fucked everything up, I was like, I know what he meant by this now. (laughs) He was teaching me a fucking lesson. (laughs) Wax on, wax off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's more than Mm -hmm. harvesting that you're in charge of, too. You know, you're doing pre-rolls, packaging and everything like that. Um, you know, I think that you've shown yourself to be a great worker, just like you did in the kitchen and you're always down to take on more tasks. And I think that people want to put that responsibility in your hands. What does that feel like? Have you ever imagined that you'd be that integral and important in a cannabis company? Yeah, well, definitely. Um, um, like I was telling, I was talking to Jesse one time that you know when 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 he took over, the I always put myself on 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 the person who's signing my paychecks shoes, you know, because like like if I always put myself on on Jesse's shoes, you know, he's he he's paying me enough money um, for me to do a better job than what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for better myself. I'm always looking for uh, pay more attention to details and everything, just, you know, and work as a team. Team Teamwork is, is, is really important, you know, because uh, somebody, you know, we're not perfect and we, we, we forget things and, and, and at the times, you know, but if, if we're working as a team, all those mistakes can be prevented, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and that's, 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 that's one thing that I, you know, I always want to sh- show that I can, I can do better my job you know even if you tell me like oh you're doing a good job I was like i can be i can do better you know but i'm not gonna just tell you like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna show you that i can do better you know what i mean that's 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 my goal i don't want to just want to talk about it and you know make you believe me i want to show you that way you believe me you know what i mean that's 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 my goal that i want to just um better my job mm-hmm. every every day i just want to better my job and uh this industry is like you just fall in love with it <laughs> you know you just like enjoying being around uh the people you know you meet a lot of people that are super cool you know and it's just really great environment to be involved with mm-hmm. and i really enjoy it and you know to be to to stay in the industry, you got to get better yourself. You know, you got to stay in you you arms and you know make family. You know, and it's, it's it's really great. What what do you think you would say? You know, when you were growing up, somebody was like, "Oh, it's the devil's lettuce. It's bad and everything." And then getting into the industry, being around it, being around the people who are involved in it, what would you go back and tell yourself? So every you know when I go back in town um to see my family I see you know friends asking me you know these same questions like how you feel the you in the industry now that you know you producing something that a lot of people still think that is bad and I'm and I thinking I am really happy just because like I say I got out that shelf that to tell you that it's bad, you know, because it's not bad. Now I, that I have kids, I can actually talk to my kids and tell them the what actually cannabis is. You know, you can um, mm-hmm. because if 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 you don't if I don't teach my kids uh, about cannabis, somebody else will tell them, and probably they won't tell, teach them the right thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and some, you can tell them from your experience, and you're and you're like, listen, this provides for us in yeah. a way that, yeah. And like I told my kid, you know, we're living in the era where we have all the information that we want 
on our hands. Yeah. You know, and it's just a matter of what information you want to take. Yeah. You know. And what, how much you want to seek out. Yes. I think that fascinates me on it. And this is not even, I do this a lot on this podcast where it's like, we'll say something like, but this is for like, the next podcast. It's, it's, this is another podcast. And saying it won't be. It'll just be part of my personal thing. But it's like my dad and I talk about this, too. It's like it's pure laziness and ego that people don't take out their phone that has the answers to literally every question we've ever had and be like, what, what is this? I think it's this. And then they would rather go on believing they know the answer than actually know the answer. When you think about that, you're like, this is why there's always going to be chaos. <laughs> yes. yes. People don't actually want to know. No. <laughs> um, what would be something that you would want? Did you see him out there? What would be something that you would want to tell people outside of the market, outside of the industry about? If you could just tell them one thing, what would it be? I would have told people to um, just take their time and learn more about cannabis because me as a father, if uh, if I want, if my kids want something to um, to mess with, they like they're my kids are seventeen and fifteen right now, uh-huh. so they're at a point where they either start smoking, drinking, smoking weed having boyfriends and shit like that, you know, in all the, those things that they willing to do, I will pick smoking weed. Yeah. You know, like that's the less dangerous thing that you can do to your body. The yeah. less harmless thing that you can do to your body. And not just um, for your own health, but, uh, you know, when, Everything that you put in your body has different reaction, you know. And weed is something that you got to be smart uh, about it, you know. Like, just just don't ever um, choose alcohol over it, over weed. You that's know, that's it. I mean, that's the number one thing I'm gonna get across to my sons. It's like, <laughs> listen. Yeah, booze is stupid. Have it with a meal. It can. I understand how it can accompany a meal and stuff like that. But as a party favor, it's the worst. It's the worst. Smoke weed. <laughs> that's it. And that's, I love, yeah, I love to get him drunk one night, and the next night get him stoned yeah, and be sorry. like, "What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you like better?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, you should get him stoned and then drunk the next night. Yes. So the next night when he's throwing up, he'll just be like, oh, this was bad. Yeah, idea. because the weed the next day will make the hangover feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. The water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, I would I would tell people, you know, if if you wanted to um, somehow entertain yourself or, you know, instead of drinking or or smoking, you know, they really does harm, does a lot of harm to your body. You know, smoking weed is, 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 you know, it's really relaxing. And plus, there is a lot of things that we don't, uh, me personally, I don't know about weed, you know. Like, um, I was talking to um, one of the uh, guys from the lab the other day, mm-hmm. and, you know, we know the... Um, the weed produce the THC and CBD and this and and this is what we all focus on, uh, as um, you know, in the laboratories and stuff like that. That's all we follow because we know that these these two products are like the, the uh, you know amazing, amazing thing for yeah. your body. Clear effects. You know? Yeah. But also, I feel that there is more other things in the in the plant that, that we still don't know, you know, that we haven't focused on. I think there's thousands of things we don't understand yes. about that plant. In, in, in the plants, because even when you smoke different strain, it has re- different reaction to your body. You know, even if you say, 
oh, this is 28% TSE, you know, 3% CBD or whatever. And you get one strain that has the same results in the lab and you have, a, you know, or you have two, two strains that are the same results in the lab and you smoke it, it's going to have different effect in your body, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's different strain. Maybe because... And it'll do different stuff to different human beings. Yes. I mean, you and I will smoke the same strain and have different effects. Different effects. That's yes. awesome. It is, awesome. you know. And um, it could be something that might fit it. <laughs> it could be just the way that our body reacts to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the chemicals that we have on our body, the chemicals that the plant has, you know. We haven't got to that point yet. And I'm looking for to get to that point, like that way. And I think in the future we can go and say, you know what? I'm gonna go grow the strain for Wednesday when I when I, when I want to feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna grow this strain for Monday when I want to be active and stuff like that. You know Nature's what I mean? Monday <laughs> because <laughs> because we will know how how that plant is gonna have effect on your body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of things. It does sound like you kind of know where you're going to be in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're still going to be in cannabis, I believe. But I think you'll be higher than you've ever, not even mentally. I just think, like, job-wise, I think you'll be farther along than you ever knew. Yeah, either that or... You play it (laughs) off like like any good marijuana person, right? I don't know. And then like, you fucking know. (laughs) Learn from the best. I told y'all it was a good episode. I told you. Didn't, don't you like Pedro? Aren't you inspired to become like a little harder worker? Like every time I listened to this episode, I was like, like today, I ran seven and a half miles today. Uh, am I bragging? Yeah, yeah. That's a long way to run. And it's mostly because I was listening to Pedro at the start of it. And then I started listening to music afterwards. And I was like, I'm just going to keep going. Like this is. I can do more. I can always do more. Yeah, he comes in and works. He comes in and works on Saturday, and he'll be like, sorry I was late. I I went for a run for like four miles, and we're like, dude, it's Saturday. Show up whenever you want. (laughs) (laughs) But he's... Can I ask a question? Yeah. Before I forget, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That was rude, but... Why is... What happens in the curing process that makes it so important? I just want you to kind of explain it to me so when I fuck it up this year, I really know what I'm, I fucked up. Okay, so the important thing about it is just really longevity and taste of the cannabis. So, like, the slower that you let it dry out, the better that the taste will end up being because it's off-gassing, you know, the, the, the natural flavors are coming out. And uh, a lot of times people fuck that up by using a dehumidifier and they drive the humidity down too quickly, which then sucks it out of the plant in an uneven way. Um, And a lot of times people just have it way too cranked up, dry it out way too quick, and then it makes it harsh to smoke it. And you're also taking Mm -hmm. all those flavors and all the things that you try to do to grow it to make it nice. And sometimes people take it too soon. You know, one of the main things is people start feeling the buds to feel if they're dry or not. They'll touch the crispy leaves and they're like, oh yeah, like this is, this is dry then. But realistically, what you want to go for is you want to go for the stem. You want to feel that snap on the stem because you're drying it out slowly from the inside so that you won't get mold. So that when you put it in your jar, it won't get moldy. If you put it in your oh, bag. Oh, I did that. I got some mold. I got yeah, some you mold. Did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I mean that that is it. Like it is a process. It's just, you know, as far as like saying, okay, well, how long do I leave the meat after I grill it and let it rest? So that's a perfect, you know, uh, heat evenly dispersed yeah. throughout it, you know. It's it's a process and you know, different strains do well with different 
uh, curing processes, doing it quicker, doing it slower. You know, the more chunky, bigger colas, you want to go even slower than anything you would go. So if you're doing a... Ah, no, we're messed up. <laughs> so if you're doing something like a Blue Dream, which is huge donkey dick colas, that's going to take way longer than something like, say, a Girl Scout cookies, which is a bunch of small, spaced out, internodal buds, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a lot of practice. And once you get it, you know that you got it and you just got to go for it. And the other important thing about Pager's job is every time that we grow weed, it gets tested. It gets tested for potency and it gets tested to make sure that we are not failing for pesticides or anything crazy like that. One of the other tests that it also goes for is water activity. So that's basically the level of dryness that that water is. From what we've found from testing at different water activity levels is it will change the THC count that you'll get off of your cannabis. And also you want to run a little bit higher on the water activity level so it stays fresher in the jars once you get them to the store. So, I mean, yeah, he's the dude that's making us look good, basically, once you go to your local dispensaries to buy him. That's a, extremely important. It's the most in the, important. In the, in the, in the market market. You know what I mean? When you're selling stuff, yeah. it's got to look good because people are... You know, holy shit, you guys. Uh, Slee, thank you for producing the shit out of this. You're the man. Mike, Mike, thank you for all your knowledge and everything you bring to the table. Thank I'm you just for here. being you. No, you're so much fun. <laughs> I think that is that has been my main job throughout my life. I've been told that a lot. They're like, man, and, you know, you do a lot of good work, and Billy, you were fun, and uh, I'm like, I think that's my job. Uh and I like it. But you guys follow us on Instagram, Grown Local. Follow me. Just Google my name, Billy Wayne Davis. All that social shit will come up. Uh, Mike. It's Carmichael a lot. Ugh. It has a K, and then you have to go with three A's. It's three A's, but then there's also an E inside of there. But, no, dude. It's, it's Stop saying what you're saying. Just go to Grown Local Pod on Instagram, and then look to see who we follow because it's just people from the we've interviewed from the podcast and mike and it'll be way easier to find it that way than to anything mike explains i, I think it's going to be funny when in a year the podcast has like a bunch of followers and you still have like 11 because they're like i can't even but it's it's carmichael with a k because that makes it different than carmichael with a c because carmichael with a c would just be lame Mike the weed grower. What about that? Well, that's a little on the nose. I know. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys, thanks for listening. Write us, uh, write us and leave a review. I think that helps with the algorithm or some shit. I don't know. That's what other people say on their fucking podcast. So uh, smash that RT button. And thanks for listening. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.